Welcome to episode 66 of the Relationship Marketing Podcast with Cody B. Today's guest is Brian Byro. Brian Byro is called America's Breakthrough Coach. He is one of the nation's foremost speakers and teachers of leadership, possibility thinking, thriving on change, and team building. Brian has delivered more than 1,350 presentations around the world in the past 21 years. His clients include such diverse organizations as Lockheed Martin, the U.S. Army, Microsoft, the University of Notre Dame, Allstate Insurance, Good Samaritan Hospital, and hundreds more. A former vice president of a major transportation corporation in the Pacific Northwest, Brian helped lead a major turnaround that resulted in the company quadrupling in revenues, becoming solidly profitable, and being named in the leader in the air freight industry for customer service and convenience by Distribution Magazine. He graduated with honors from Stanford and served as the president of the UCLA Graduate School of Management Student Association while earning his MBA from UCLA. He has appeared on Good Morning America, CNN's Business Unusual, and the Fox News Network as a guest on more than 300 radio programs throughout the country and as a featured speaker at the Disney Institute in Orlando. Recently, he was named one of the UCLA Graduate School of Management's 100 Most Inspirational Graduates in honor of the 75th anniversary of the school. Brian is the author of nine books, including bestseller Beyond Success, which reached 16 on the Amazon Top 100 from over 2 million titles. Brian was rated number one from over 40 speakers at four consecutive Inc. Magazine International Business Conferences. And now, Cody B. Hello, everybody. This is Cody Bateman. Welcome to a brand new episode of our Relationship Marketing Podcast. Super excited, like I always am, for the show today. Man, I tell you, we got incredible guests that come on here every single week. You know, go back and look at some of the older, um, older episodes. There's just so many good, good people that come on. Every everybody, all of our, all of our folks that come on are just amazing. And who we've got today, I just I cannot wait to to jump in. You've already heard his bio. And uh, tell, so you know a little bit about this guy, but I'll tell you, you, you know, we're, we're in a day and age and a time right now where we really do need messages of positivity and hope and peace and joy and happiness and glass half full kind of stuff. Um, talk about the importance of kindness. That's what this program is all about is teaching people how to be nice to each other. That's really what it is. The guest that we have on today is, uh, he's a master at this. He's been teaching it for over 35 years, uh, actually 40 years now. So that kind of dates you a little bit. So welcome to our show, Mr. Brian Byro. How are you doing, my friend? Cody, I'm so pleased to be with you. And, and you're absolutely right. Now is the time to, to focus on the things we do control and, and stop, stop being so fearful of what we don't control. Well, yeah, there's no question about that. And I, you know, I've, I noticed on some of the notes in preparing for this that you're, you're just like the rest of us. You're figuring out how to stay connected to people um, during this pandemic time. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a business where it's really affected you because you're a public speaker. You go out and speak at all these events. And obviously, events have been canceled all over the world right now. So... If 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 anybody is going through trying times, it's got to be you, right? I mean, you're you're. You know, a lot of our listeners get on here and they think that you know we're not 
feeling the pain like they might be. You're feeling the pain, brother. I mean, you, <laughs> you're certainly feeling the pain. So how, do, how are you handling that? Like, uh, you know, that, that is really, it's really true. I, uh, I was joking uh, earlier that uh, up until March 13th, I've been speaking professionally for 30 years. This was a record year. And then March 13th, it became a different kind of record year because everything got canceled. But uh, it kind of brings to one of the main things that we can do, again, focusing on controlling our controllables, which is, you know, a foundational belief that has carried, carried me through the toughest times in my life. And, and like everyone, we've had tough times, is that within every adversity is planted the seed of an equivalent or greater benefit. In other words, the toughest things we ever went through are almost always the things from which we grow the most. And so, you know, uh, two weeks ago, my entire career um, was gone for a while. And uh, immediately I thought, well, I can either focus on what I can't do or I can start trying to figure out what I can. And so in a week, uh, we put together some virtual offerings, which I never did before because I love live events. I love the electricity. I love the connection. I'm uh, very much about getting people off the sidelines into the game. But when we come from that place, it switches us off from focusing on that which we don't control, which is always paralyzing. Focusing on doing one thing. And that's the, that's the secret to dealing with overwhelm, whatever form it comes in. Uh, when we get an overwhelm, it's because we're focusing on so many things that we don't have a chance to do anything about. When we zero in on one thing, we take action, we put ourselves in momentum, and we begin to feel, we begin to feel alive, we start thinking differently, we start fire um, in new, new, new brain cells. We start doing things that we need to do to rise up. And, you know, if nothing else, it makes you feel better. So, Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of our listeners are very positive people. You know, they, they, you know, you and I are preaching to the choir a little bit right now when we start saying, you know, certain things you can do to stay in positivity and, you know, to look for the silver lining uh, in every challenge is an opportunity these folks that the, the general audience that's listening right now, they're, they're pretty tapped into that stuff. They're good. But, but here's what I've heard and experienced myself through this pandemic time. Um, and I've heard it from many people and maybe you've experienced it too, is that in our positivity and we're rolling with the flow and we keep our blinders on and we keep busy and productive and that's what keeps us going. And, and I, my goodness, you know, us right now, we're, we're having some of our most productive activity as far as a team goes. Like we're all, from, we're all sitting in our homes, we're hunkered in, we're dialed in, <laughs> we're working hard, we're getting projects done, probably better, quite honestly, probably better than we were at the office. Uh, so we're, we are tapped into that. However, however, um, there's, there are moments even those of us who are in positivity, there are moments when this weird emotion kind of comes in. It's like if you by chance have to run to the store to grab some necessary items or you got to go get gas in the car, whatever it is you got to do and you go out and you notice the difference and you see not very many people around or you see the social distancing in the store, um, there are moments where this weird emotion comes in like, God, are we, are we really going to be okay? I mean, have you felt that? Have you, have you felt that? I mean, cause I'll be straight with you. I've felt, I've had those moments and it's not very often. I mean, I bounce back out of them, but 
but I have those moments where I'm like, whoa, this is, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. And so you, you kind of get that feeling of, I don't want to say panic, but just that feeling of weirdness is what I call it. Do, do you experience, I mean, have you experienced Of course, of course. Um, you know, uh, what do you say to us who go through that? How do we, how do we navigate through those moments? Well, number one, it's human. Um, and so don't beat yourself up for being human. And that's a, that's a real important thing. Um, a few years ago, um, I had the, the deepest, darkest part of that kind of feeling. And that was for something that was more personal in some ways than even this pandemic is. And my youngest daughter um, lost the man she wanted to marry to a drug overdose. Oh, wow. And, and um, for a while, our, we were in that very place you just talked about. It was, this was a bright, sunshiny, beautiful young woman. And the light went out. And she couldn't see out. She couldn't see any light anywhere around her. And uh, this beautiful girl who had, we had like the leave it the beaver family. We were happy and joyous and joking. And suddenly she was mean to us and we didn't know what to do. And, and one day she, even in the midst of this, the darkest time of her life where she had, she was 23 years old. She hadn't lived enough life to even begin to know how to deal with this. She said to me, daddy, I can't handle you worrying about me all the time. And the light went off. It's the same light we got to do when we get to those moments you just talked about. The truth was I wasn't worrying about her all the time. I was worrying about a lot more than I ever had in my life. But what she made me see by that simple question was that no matter what is happening, we have one choice above all others. And the choice is we choose fear or we choose faith. And I was choosing fear about the very person that I, you know, people that I love the very most in this world. And it did no good. And here's, here's the beauty of this. The second that that broke through my thick skull, and I realized that my constant worrying about, was I not a good enough dad? What did I do wrong? Why can't you get through this? Why can't I fix it? As soon as I got to the point that all of that was choosing fear, and I started to say, you know what? I, I don't know what's coming for her. I don't know what's gonna, how, the, how this is going to come out. But I do know that I still have that choice be the same bad I've been, to, be, to, to joke as I always joke, to be as loving as I've always been, to, to be even more understanding, and to believe, most of all, to believe that we'll find our way, and she will find her way out of this. And, and that's the ultimate choice. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. I don't know what's coming. But I do know that that is a choice that transforms, that is the one, one choice that transform you and get you through those moments. And it's okay to have those moments. It's okay. I've had those moments when I wonder, is, is, is professional speaking going to be the same? Yeah. You know, am I going to, I mean, I love this life. It's what I was put on this earth to do. When I'm doing it, I joke, Cody, you'll get a kick out of this. When I'm on stage, I am 25 years old. As soon as I get off, I'm 65 again. But on, <laughs> sta on stage, I'm 25. Yeah. But is that, that going to change? Um, who knows? But I, I, I know that I'm going to have a faith that I still have choices and I'm going to always choose in the direction of faith over fear. And that's really the way you get through any of this stuff right now. You know, uh, faith is a big word. It's a, it's a huge word. And I wish, I, want, I, I really want to commit a lot of my future teachings to, to that word, to the word faith, and try to help myself. You always try to help yourself first to understand key things, and then help as many others as you can to really 
get to the depth of what that word faith really means. My dad used to always say, he's, he's passed five years now, but he used to always say things have their way of working out. He would say that all the time. Son, things just have their way of working themselves out. He lived by that model. And I, I saw him go through, he was an entrepreneur his whole life. He ran businesses. Oh my goodness. I saw him go through so many crazy challenges, bankruptcies, you name it. He, he went through and, and had great prosperity as well. And, uh, but that's what he always said that when I was a kid growing up all the way till he passed five years ago, he would always say that son, things just have their way of working themselves out. And you see, when you come from that place, that's where you're making that choice. And I'm going to choose faith. It's going to work out. I believe in it. I had to believe in my daughter more than I believed in my fear. Um, I had to, and as soon as I did, now did that transform everything right away? No way. It took, took a, I will, the, the beautiful part of the story is she is shining brighter than ever now. But it took a long time yeah. and I couldn't fix it. But the second that I made that shift because she showed me, she taught me, she opened my eyes. The second that, that, uh, that transformation started to occur and I started to be different and I started to feel different. And I was able to help my wife, who it was even harder on for a while, um, because we could just come back to that same place. And that's what we got to do collectively right now. Your dad was very wise. Yeah. It, it, it may not work out the way we anticipate. We may have no clue, but it will work out. I, I remember when I jumped from being a corporate vice president of a real large company to going after being a professional speaker. And I, you know, Cody, it was kind of like, I'm jumping off a diving board. I sure hope I'm going towards the side that has water, you know? <laughs> And, and, but I had the same feeling that your dad expressed and expressed was, I don't know exactly what this is going to be like, but I know I'm going to get it done. And I know it's going to be great because I'm doing what I choose to do. And, and here's the, here's the foundation of that. What you focus on is what you create. It's not what you get. It's what you create. Because when you focus on it, you set your mind in the action of actual being of, of actual creation. And that's, that's what we've got to do is we've got to focus on. You know, one of, one of the people that I uh, admire is a speaker by the name of W. Mitchell. You know W. Mitchell? You know of him? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, well, W. Mitchell, this guy, talk about a pandemic. This man, um, he first was burned over 75% of his body. So he's, he's not a great guy to look at. He's, he had horrible burns that was touch and go if he would live for pretty much of a year. Then this guy said, well, I don't care. I'm still alive. I'm going to do what's, what I want to do. He became a pilot. And he crashed and he's paraplegic. Today, he is one of the top speakers in the world. Wow. And they, and they asked him this question. They said, you know, how do you do this? How do you do this? He says, and he said something that's true of all of us. It's just extreme and we can see through the extreme sometimes. So before I had my accidents, I could do 10,000 things. Now I can do maybe 8,000. Wow. Good choice. I'm going to focus on the 2,000 I lost or the 8,000 I still have. Wow. And by the way, he married his nurse uh, from when he was in the hospital for that year. So, you know, what you focus on is what you create. That's amazing. What an amazing story. You've got a lot of stories like that. Uh, by the way, everybody, we're listening to Brian Biro, uh, author of 14 books. His latest book is titled The ROI of Kindness. I envy that title, brother. I wish <laughs> I, wish I would have thought of that. That's a great title of a book. The ROI of Kindness, which was just released about a month ago. 
Tell us a little bit about your message in that book. Obviously, the word kindness resonates with this show. So the, what, what is the return on investment of kindness? Well, you know, I, I really loved writing this book because I have a passion right now. I believe that never in my lifetime have I felt it more important to focus on character. Your character is who you are. Your reputation only what others think you are. And at the foundation of a great character is, is a passion for kindness. And, and that means being kind when people aren't kind back. That means stop blaming other people. That means be humble. You know, these are the things that really matter. And, and this book is real fun. It's a fun little book. It's, 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 it's aimed to create a somewhat of a surprise because here's, the, here's kind of the, the dilemma. A lot of people think everybody wants kindness. Everybody wants to be kind. But a lot of people think that kindness in business doesn't really mix. The kindness is soft, that it's weak, that it has no place in the doggy dog world of, of business. And part of this book is to point out that is incredibly wrong. Um, statistically, that organizations that get it, like send out cards, all right, that's all about kindness. Organizations that zero in on kindness to, within their organization and to their customers, to their vendors, to everyone they can, are the organizations that rise to the top of their field. Time after time, I can give you just one, one very, very clear statistic. There's others in it that makes it shine. There are two companies in the quick service food industry that are known for kindness. It's part of their culture. That is Chick-fil-A and Starbucks. Average annual turnover in that, in that industry, quick service food, fast foods, is 170% per year. Wow. So they turn over almost two times a year their employees. The, those two companies that build kindness into every single meeting, every single day, into the culture to where it's who they are, their, their annual turnovers are 14 and 24%. My goodness. And, and so part of this book is to lay out the fact that when you come and create for yourself what's called a, a kindness value proposition, something about it's, it's a kind of a core message about how we build kindness into everything we do, you're going to succeed on the bottom line. You're going to succeed in the level of your brand. You're going to succeed in the level of quality and loyalty from your client. Then it goes further and tells you, how do you really deliver kindness? What are the most important elements? And I love, uh, I love a little piece of this, which says to everyone, you, whether you ever knew it or not, you are now an executive. You're in the executive suite. You are the CKO, chief kindness officer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get an MBA to be a CKO. You don't have to do anything else other than to make new decisions based upon the power of kindness. And, and I talk about the seven habits of highly effective CKOs. Nice. You know, listening to you to tell these stories that you just mentioned, um, it reminds me of a story you often give talking about your high school principal. Uh, tell, tell us about the high school principal because, you know, I was just, I was thinking about that story while you were just, talking a second ago there you bet you know i i've been a uh, long before i knew i'd be on this i've been a send out cards uh customer for a long time because uh, I, I love it i love it and one of the things that really resonated with me about when this idea came out when you started this was when i was in high school my high school counselor's name was john sanders um he was uh he should have been on your board because he would uh he would write these personal little notes uh, they weren't fancy, uh, they weren't as beautiful as sending out cards, but they were handwritten, personal, and um, I still have them. I still have everyone he sent me. 
Um, and every student who ever went to and my high school was a gigantic high school. It was in Southern California before they built enough school. I bet you every single Grover Cleveland High School graduate who got a handwritten note from John Sanders, it stayed with them to this day. Um, that's the power of that, that personal, that personal powerful touch. You know, I, I built from that between the combination of what you, what you do at Send Out Cards and, and, and that history of the power of the individual card. And all the years my daughters were growing up, I would write them handwritten cards. I called them happy heck of it. They'd be about four or five times a year, never, you know, never tied to a birthday or anything, just out of the blue. I would put them in an envelope, I'd put a stamp on them, I'd send them to them. And what I was doing was trying to do what I call be a world-class buddy thinker, which is what Sandow Cards does. And on those days, I'd step back from the stuff we usually do, like, why don't you clean that room? We need fungicide in there, even before we had a pandemic. Um, instead, I'd step back and I'd, I'd, I'd look for the things that I, that I wanted to acknowledge them about. You know, when they were when they're courageous and they tried out for something they really didn't know they could get. When they, whether they got it or they failed, it didn't matter. When they were thoughtful, when they were kind. And you know the reason I did it, Cody? Because it felt good. And you know, that's the great thing about, about kindness. You don't need anything back. It feels good to do it. Yeah. And I really didn't think my daughters gave a hoot. I thought they thought, my dad's weird. He writes me these cards and he sends them to me, even though he's going to be home. And then the last day before my youngest, Jenna, went away to college, in and out of room, it's mass hysteria. I open up her desk drawer. There's every one of my cards. Mm, wow. And I knew that my daughter could not look at her desk without feeling the emotion that was behind every one of those cards. And though I know it wasn't a huge factor, I know it was a factor in helping Jenna work her way through the tragedy that she had to overcome. And um, that's the power of what you do. And that's the power of just simple kindness. And, you know, the most important kindness we need right now is to be kind when people aren't kind back. Yeah. That's when it's transformation. That's when it's real. Um, when you have to ask people to be kind back to you, when you have to ask people to be appreciative, that's the wrong message. You know, it's amazing what's accomplished when nobody cares or gets the credit. Credit is something you give. Responsibility is something you take. Why isn't that the truth? So we're listening to Brian Biro. He is known as America's Breakthrough Coach. He's written 14 books. We just talked about the ROI of kindness. You have several others. Uh, you've had a lot of mentors. You, know, you talked about your high school coach, and you you know the inf like the John Wooden, like John Wooden. Yeah, Coach Wooden was uh, was my. If I had to pick my top mentor, it would have been Coach and. Uh, and one of the great joys of my life was he wrote the forward to my first book, which was Beyond Success. Um, and what I love about John Wood, I mean, we could talk about him for a month. We should do 17 shows on him. But um, <laughs> the greatest thing about John Wood, and especially in the light of, of today and where we are and why I feel like we need this character now more than ever, is that John Wooden was the same person privately as he was publicly. That there was not an ounce of guise to him. That he saw himself as a teacher. That he didn't compare. Um, comparison tears down and you can you don't have to you compare to, to elevate people and to teach people you can focus on them and focus on their strengths and um, when you were with John Wooden when I you know I tried to visit him when I could when I went to Southern California uh, when you were with him you felt like the most important person in the world mm -hmm. because he was a hundred percent fully present for each person he was with um, 
he epitomized, you know, uh, really epitomized and exemplified something that I think we need more than ever that is a part of kindness, and that is called humility. Um, being humble doesn't mean you can't have confidence. John Wooden was very confident um, because being humble doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It means you think of yourself less. But the beauty about being humble, why we need it more than ever, right now during this, this unprecedented time, it's only people who are humble who are lifelong learners. It's only people who are humble who are always looking to grow and recognizing there is a lesson, there is something to learn in every scenario, whether it's challenging, whether it's a little scary, or whether it's good. And that, that's why we need it now, because we got to learn. we got to learn from what happened and, and keep moving forward. So um, I appreciate so many things about John Wooden, but probably my favorite was that, um, you know, I've always said one a beautiful way to, to kind of understand a person is to judge the quality of, you, of a person by the way he treats those who can do nothing for him. Yeah. And, and John Wooden passed that with shining colors. And here we are. You know, he he, uh, he stopped coaching in 1975. That is uh, 45 years ago, and we're still yeah. talking about it. It's amazing. It really is. Well, his record, I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, nobody's been able to do what, what he's done. And, and a lot of those attributes that he had are the reason why he accomplished what he did. So, you know, incredible stuff. So, um, yeah, you, you. So you were a coach too, right? Weren't you a coach? No, I was a. Uh, my first career, I went to. I went to Stanford University. It was three years after they invented the wheel, so it was. Uh, you know, early days of Stanford University, and um, I was. I to go through school. I was a public school kid, and um, we didn't. My dad was a cop. My mom was a receptionist at a, um, a pediatrician's office. We didn't have money, um, so I. I started teach. I was a swimmer in school. And um, I started teaching and coaching swimming, and um, I had a blast at Stanford. I loved it. Um, what I loved the most was what I did in the summers to put myself through Stanford, that megalones, which I didn't love, and that was teaching and coaching swimming. So when I graduated, I became a, a swimming coach and um, poured my heart into it for eight years. My team became, at that time, the largest team in America, a private team in America. Um, had a lot of wonderful things happen, but it was a it was a great training ground because every day as as a swimming coach, you're a professional speaker and you got to talk kind of loud because your ears are in the water. So it's <laughs> oh, that's great. So yes, we're listening to Brian Byro. You've got some incredible stories, uh, great stuff. I know that in some of your live events, you you're you're one of those guys that break through boards and do that that kind of stuff. We. <laughs> We used to do this thing at some of our events where we'd have someone hold out a chopstick and see if they could break the chopstick with a business card, just a little thin piece of paper. Cool. If you hit that stick just the right way, you could break this, you could break the chopstick. And a lot of wow. people, so it's probably similar. I mean, you had like thick boards, right? Like you, yeah. you so, so how does, tell us a little bit about that, because I always get nervous when you do interactive exercises. You got people up there that's never broken a board before in their life. I'm sure you teach them some principles about how to hit the board, but you know, it's, it's a great metaphor for getting through obstacles in your life, and you're very well known for that. So kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, to me, it is the greatest combination individual and team experience you'll ever have in a live event. Um, the individual part is you have there are real wooden boards. I've done it with as many as uh, 4,000 people at an event. Um, the individual part is related to two things. First, it's a metaphor. 
So have everyone right on the front of the board, uh, an obstacle, fear, habit, or doubt, they're ready to break through in their lives. Could be in their health, it could be in a relationship, could be in their business. Um, so part of the individual part of the breakthrough is related to the meaning. And on the other side of the board, they write down and envision what's meaning for me when I have broken through. So example, I haven't broke, I, I don't break boards, I just hold them, it's so much fun to hold them. But uh, the one that I first broke, I wrote on the front of my board the word procrastination. That was the obstacle. It was procrastination about writing books. And on the back of the board, I wrote freedom, abundance, and truth to my word. That when I broke through that fear that was causing me to procrastinate and I wrote my books, I'd bring my family new abundance, freedoms, and I'd be living my word. So the individual part of the breakthrough is related to the meaning. But there's another part. If we had 4,000 sending out cards breaking boards together, we start in 400 circles of 10 people each. I'd have a group up on a stage. And so when Cody's in his and your circle, people are going, Cody, Cody, 400 cheering at a time, music blasting. Some people, Cody, have never been cheered for in their life. Mm. And that, that, that moment of having that kind of unconditional focus support, for some people, that's, that's something that transforms them. They never forget it. Mm. The team part is equally powerful. Because you will never see people get into something like they do. You'll never hear them cheer. There's something about it. I've done 95 events for Lockheed Martin. These are rocket scientists. And they're crying and cheering. And I mean, the cheers are unstoppable, even shy people. But there's even one more thing that's even better than that. And that is, the best day of my life was my daughter's wedding day. And my oldest daughter. And it was for something I never could have imagined until I experienced it. And that was... For a good six hours that night, I didn't think of myself once. Mm. All I could wow. do was think of her. Um, they tell me I was laughing and crying at the same time. I don't remember anything. All I remember was her. Wow. And when people are cheering, Cody, 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 they get to feel for that time the way I felt about my daughter. Nobody's thinking about themselves. It is the ultimate ego to ego. And so that's the meaning and the, and the power of it. And the beauty of it is it's real. And it's, it's, it's such a powerful metaphor because the way you break through is to look beyond the board. Most of us get mesmerized by the obstacle. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast is focusing so much on the, pun, the pandemic, the fear that you can be a big, strong guy. If you focus on that board, you're going to get the board. But the second you look beyond it, all right, it's almost as if it wasn't even there. And that's really, you know, you don't pretend it's not there because then you'll run into it when you're not ready. And it's the same thing with the pandemic. We gotta be smart. We gotta, we gotta flatten the curve. But we shift our focus as we as your dad did. We're gonna find a way through this and we're gonna be better for it. So wow. as you can tell, I've done it 1800 times and I still yeah. love it. I can't wait to do it again. Nothing it's like so it. It's true that you get what you focus on. I know I've, I've taken some people in the back country here in Utah on snowmobiles and I'll take them up on a big hill and you have to go down a steep hill. And at the bottom of the hill, there'll be trees that you have to, you have to ride through the middle of the trees, you know, where the trail goes through the trees. Right. And it's the same thing. Cause I say to them at the top of the hill, look, what, what you cannot focus on is the tree. Yeah. <laughs> you can't look at the tree. You have to look beyond the tree. You got to look only at the trail between the tree and beyond the tree. So I teach them to look beyond the tree and get, just get the tree completely out of your, out of your conscious mind. You're looking at where the sled's going to go. 
if you do that, no matter what angle you're at, you, you, you'll end up going through the middle and you have no problem. But the second, even if you're halfway down, the second you turn your focus to the tree, it's like that sled has a mind of its own. It's like, oh, you know, just bears right to it. So I know, I know, you're exactly yeah. right. You know, and it goes both ways. You know, in the board breaking, there's, there's, um, if we had 400 people, five to 4,000 people, we had 400 people that I teach to hold the boards. And um, in the first 15 years that I held boards, every so often I'd have somebody who wouldn't break through with me. And then one day I was doing a program for a friend of mine. His name is Bob Proctor. He's a very famous mm -hmm. speaker, good friend of mine. And uh, we had a young man in there that was, this was a small group. This is only about 40 people. And the young man uh, had had his spine severed in an automobile accident years before he was paralyzed um, from the waist down. He did not really use his right hand. Um, and he, but he wanted to break the board and he couldn't, he couldn't stand. He couldn't get out of the wheelchair. He couldn't, his hand was in, in that kind of curled up position. And, but he, I could see in his eyes that he would be on the board. And I had one of those moments when I realized all those people in the first 15 years who didn't break through, I had this thought, maybe it wasn't them. Mm. Maybe it was me. Mm. Maybe it was I, my little doubt, like I was having with my daughter when she was going through a hard time. I was focusing on the fear, on the failure. And so I got down on my knees to get at the right spot. All 40 people were right wrapped around him. This boy had not opened his hand. His dad was standing behind him. And I kid you not, his hand, his fingers opened, he moved his arm forward, and he went through the board. Oh, wow. And his father fell to the ground sobbing. Oh. And, and I realized that when you, I, as, as a parent, you got to focus on believing in your kids. Um, as, a, as a business builder in your organization, you got to focus and see, the, see what people are really capable of when they don't see it themselves. And when you do that, don't, don't put a limit on it. Who knows what's possible? Um, you know, 15 years before that happened, I would have said that was impossible. Now I'd say it's eminently possible for everyone to do more than they think they're capable of. Yeah. Wow, that's super powerful. Well, listen, Brian, we sure appreciate the time you spent to be with us today. Uh, I always like to close these shows out by just giving you the floor. Uh, no more questions, no more nothing. It's just you, it's just you time. Uh, just close it out by sharing whatever message you feel like our listeners need right now. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, man. Um, I would say that uh, the thing that I most would like to close with is, is that a lot of people are uh, in the midst of, of uncertainty about what's coming next. And, um, and I'm actually feeling a great deal of fear that maybe their way of life will be not the same anymore. That things will change, as I talked about as a speaker. And um, my whole life, I've really loved reading biographies. I, I love reading biographies about all kinds of people. And um, I've kind of come to a very strong belief that there's one ingredient I found in every person who's accomplished a lot in their lives, and that is optimism. Not blind optimism, but the optimism to look through the trees, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so here's a great idea. Um, as, as I was having one of those dark moments where I'm wondering if I'm gonna have live events again, am I gonna get to get people to break boards? I remembered uh, Chuck Yeagers, uh, the, the guy who broke the, the test pilot who broke the speed of sound. 
-hmm. And I read his, uh, his biography and, and they asked Jaeger this question. They said, what do you love to do more than anything else in the world? And Jaeger said, I love to fish for the golden trout. Now, the Goldens are only at the 9,000 foot and above highest mountain lakes, like up above Lake Tahoe and Desolation, way up in the high mountains. And they said, well, what happens when you get too old? What happens when you can't get up to 9,000 feet? And Jaeger smiled and he looked at him and he said, well, then I'll hike to 7,000 and I'll fish for the rainbows. I'll do the next best thing. Wow. And so... You know, if, if the, in my professional speaking, if that means we do move more to more virtual things, hey, that's the rainbows, and I like rainbows. So the point is, right now, we're going through a, a thing we've never gone through before. We're gonna learn things we never learned. We're gonna grow in ways we never, we never thought we could grow. And it may be the next best thing, and that's a pretty good thing, because a rainbow ain't bad. Yeah, that's great. Listen, Brian, we sure appreciate you. I can see why people um, want you to come speak at their events. You're very highly sought after out there. Uh, Brian Biro, America's Breakthrough Coach, uh, latest book, The ROI of Kindness. Where can people go to find out more about you, your websites, and where to get your books? Yeah, um, the easiest thing is just go to my website. It's brianbiro.com, B-R-I-A-N-B-I-R-O. Dot com and you get the book there and uh, and there's a lot of neat stuff there. It's just valuable stuff that's free that people can tap into right now. A lot of a lot of videos, a lot of uh, a lot of neat little written things. So you can just maybe draw a little bit of a moment of, hey, we, we're going to make this thing. You know, focus on faith and choose faith over fear. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Brian. Thank you all of our listeners for listening in again today. Keep tuning in because we're going to keep bringing it on. Uh, we've got some great people scheduled to come on here, and we just like to talk about what you heard today, talk about kindness, hope, possibility, all the good stuff. And there's a hundred times more good things going on on this planet than there are bad at any time in our history. I just firmly believe that. And right now, in face of the challenges that we have, uh, there's just a whole lot more good going on in the world right now then there is bad and you just got to focus on those things and and keep moving forward so thank you everybody appreciate it thank you brian and thank we'll you cody and thanks for all you do absolutely take care now we'll see you all on the, on the next show take care if you have enjoyed this episode of the relationship marketing podcast with cody b be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review so that together we can get this message the power of human connection out to the world you can find cody's new book the power of human connection on amazon or the send out cards gift store